Learning from those who came before us is a valuable lesson, and this very truth propelled two men with a lifetime of board experience each to compile the best lessons for nonprofit boards. Pursuing God-honoring responsible stewardship in governance, financial accountability, and fundraising. Welcome to the Excellence in Ministry podcast from ECFA. I'm joined by Dan Busby, president of ECFA, and John Pearson, management and board consultant. Dan and John together have co-authored the book, Lessons from the Nonprofit Boardroom. I'm really excited to visit with both of you about this book and listen to some of the behind the scenes information. Well, Bonas, good to be with you today, and John, good to be with you, my friend. Thank you. What a privilege to be part of this. Well, time always goes so fast on these podcasts, so I'm going to jump right in. Dan, can I start with you, and would you give us just some insights into how this project came together and why you wrote this book? Well, Vano, there have been uh, many books written about nonprofit governance over the years, but but very few have been written from the perspective of a Christ-centered ministry. And John and I have gained a wealth of governance experience across our long years uh, in the Christ-centered world primarily, and it seemed to us that the time had come uh, to write a practical book based on the lessons we learned in the boardroom. And so our goal in writing the book was very simple. If we could help a board here and a board there to improve their governance and the better governance could make the ministries more impactful, our purpose in writing the book would be fulfilled. Well, it is definitely great that you've provided such a valuable book, and it's really in an easy-to-use format. The chapters are just five to six pages, and they have a couple of simple-to-use board action steps at the end of each of them. Uh, As we think about the book, John, does the size of the organization or the number of people on the board impact governance styles or structures? And does this book then address principles for all sizes of ministries? Well, Vanna, uh, more zeros in your organization, meaning more staff, more volunteers, more board members, um, often just mean more zeros behind your problems. So uh, just like gravity applies to all, there are, there are basic principles that apply to all boards, whether small organizations, large organizations, a few board members, or maybe way too many board members. Um, Key ideas like the board speaks with one voice or not at all. Uh, boards should not make a decision in the boardroom and then in the hallway say, well, I really didn't agree with that. The board speaks with one voice or not at all. That applies across the board. The problem of uh, loose lips in the boardroom, the importance of confidentiality. And then, um, Dan, I know you're a huge fan of of the idea that the the critical role of the board chair and the incredible importance of the board chair and the CEO uh, working together on agendas and uh, priorities. So yes, uh, we think the book Lessons from the Board Nonprofit Boardroom is applicable to every Christ-centered board and every board member, and especially whether it's a board member's first term or boards have experienced multi uh, terms on the board. Uh, we think it's practical enough, and as you said, Bonna, short enough chapters that uh, people get a lot out of it. 
I don't think timing is coincidental. And as I look at this book and where boards are at uh, these days, I think it's so timely. Dan, do you see ministries taking their board responsibilities more seriously now than maybe they have in the past? Well, across the years, nonprofit boards have generally taken their work seriously. Um, But today's board members are simply better informed about governance best practices than ever before. They want to be better equipped to govern well. And, And when I speak to boards today, I find them open to learn, willing to improve, and highly dedicated to level up their important work. So I think we're in a good environment for boards to serve at high capacity today. We certainly hope that board members understand the fiduciary responsibility they have and and do take that seriously. Many times you hear the argument, though, that ministry shouldn't be run like businesses. But there are good governance principles that apply both in the corporate and the nonprofit boardrooms. John, can you address that issue or that concern? Uh, absolutely, and we love this question. Uh, Dan and I wish we had $10 every time someone asked this question. Um, I mentioned in my Buckets book that uh, the test of management is not whether you are uh, businesslike, it's whether you are effective. Uh, there are leadership and management best practices found in, in both the for-profit and nonprofit sectors, and certainly so many board members uh, serve on uh, for-profit boards as well. So neither has a lock on success or failure. Uh, I love what Peter Drucker, the father of modern management, said, where he said the purpose of management is not to make the church more business-like, but more church-like. Bob Buford added to Drucker's wisdom and said the mission of God's church is, of course, distinctive from that of an entrepreneurial business organization. But then he said, but most of the tools are the same. And so in our book, we've got a whole section on tools and templates. So I lean on the side of good governance principles do apply in both corporate and nonprofit boardrooms. But let me add this important note. In Christ-centered boardrooms, we pray that there are fork-in-the-road distinctives that do separate the maybe typical business from the intentional ministry boardroom. And we do discuss that in very extensively in the book. Uh, This includes the role of spiritual discernment, uh, as eloquently described in Ruth Haley Barton's book, Pursuing God's Will Together. It includes the Matthew 18 approach to addressing conflict, and certainly corporate boards could learn from Matthew 18. And then the danger of BHAGs, those big, holy, audacious goals that way too often resemble ill-conceived shoot-to-the-moon strategies versus a more thoughtful, prayerful, listening approach. To discerning God's will. So I think the reason so many ministries seem to be so short of funds these days, seemingly one crisis after another, is their boards, their boards have approved strategic plans, and then they submit them to God for his blessing. And of course, that's backwards. And we talk about that in the book. And that's a, that's a deep distinctive of what the Christ-centered boardroom ought to look like. I think it's easy to get caught up in taking our plans to the Lord and just saying, you know, just sign here. We'll we'll take care of the rest of that. Yeah, that's, a, that's a great way to say that, Donna. <laughs> well, here's a fun question that I think our listeners will enjoy hearing both of you answer. I know that you don't disclose which of you wrote which chapters in this book, but regardless of the author, what's your favorite story 
in the 40 lessons that are included. And John, I'll start with you. Well, <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you what immediately pops into my mind, and I will never, ever forget the moment at a board retreat when I was a young, uh, actually very young executive director of a Christian camp, and it was my first CEO experience. Uh, we talk about it uh, in Lesson 12, vision growth, vision growth must equal leader growth. And it was unbelievable. I, I was lamenting the fact that I thought maybe my board didn't have enough vision. And so I asked a colleague, what should I do? And this person said, take your board on a vision retreat. And so we figured out what the best camp in Washington State was, and we, we went up there. And um, the executive director, uh, who I knew well, Bob McDowell, um, was a he was a pilot. He was a pastor. He was a preacher. He was he was, he was prophetic. I mean, he was he was uh, all the he checked all the boxes, and um, he took us on his camp bus and gave us a big tour of all their acreage. The whole board and the spouses were all on the bus, and he was saying we did this correctly, but we didn't do this one correctly. And my wife. Joanne heard somebody, uh, a couple rows up in the bus, uh, say to say to their spouse, "Where do you think we could get an executive director like Bob McDowell?" <laughs> <laughs> and to Joanne's credit, she didn't. She told me that later, but but she knew I was young, and she knew of all my foibles. And but you know, looking back, that is really the the question that boards need to ask do we have the do we have the right person in leadership and it's not meant to make um to to make uh, CEOs nervous but uh, I love Ram Sharan the the board governance guru who said there's nothing more important for a CEO than having the right strategy and the right choice of goals and for the board the right strategy is second only to having the right CEO so we talk a little bit about that in in lesson 12 Excellent. And I'm very grateful that you survived that and went on to take more CEO roles over the years. Dan, <laughs> what's your favorite story? Well, Vanna, it's hard to pick just one, but a story in the good is the enemy of great lesson uh, is, is a good one. The subtitle of the lesson is when great board experiences end, they should be lamented. Um, and an ECFA board member served two consecutive three-year terms and had to step off the board because of our six-year term limit policy. And he had served with outstanding excellence. And when he left the board, he said, I lament that my term is finished. And so I wrote a lesson based on his lamenting comment. He characterized his time on the board as, first of all, he believed that he was connected with an organization of significance. He found it rewarding to allocate his time and energy and bandwidth to this ministry. And then secondly, he knew he had wrestled with real issues that required wisdom. And he knew there was a huge difference between problems that require solutions and the reports that only invite feedback. And thirdly, he felt he was a m member in a well-constructed board community. In other words, he appreciated the board's chemistry. And then finally, he enjoyed the robust interaction in a space of guaranteed confidentiality. And so I would suggest that it is a compliment when a board member laments leaving your board. 
Well, I would agree with that. And I would say for the listeners that were really paying attention, you just gave away the authorship of one of the chapters in that book. Well, that, that gives them a head start on getting the other 39, correct? <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> well, you both have such great experience, both in leading ministries and in board service. Uh, Dan, can you expand on how critical the board chair role is, as well as how important the interaction is between the board chair and the CEO. John referenced that being an important topic to you. Help us with that a little bit. Well, as our friend Dr. David McKenna says in his book, Call of the Chair, um, he says the board chair must be first among equals. Uh, he, He goes on to say the first among equals in integrity, trust, and humility. And so selecting the board chair is one of the most important responsibilities of a board, and it should not be taken lightly. Uh, The job of a CEO is challenging on its face, and if the interaction between the board chair and the CEO is less than optimal, it is an energy drain on the CEO. You know, here at ECFA, I've been blessed to serve under a number of outstanding board chairs. They have been encouraging, supportive, and they've helped give me the freedom to lead the ministry. So I would say the board will be no stronger than the board chair and CEO partnership. Well, that's a a big challenge. And so, John, how would you say this book can be used by CEOs and board chairs and board members? Uh, Vana, in Lesson 39, uh, titled Invest 10 Minutes for Governance in Every Meeting, uh, Dan and I discuss practical ideas for uh, how to engage board members. And our our deep desire is that every board member is a lifelong learner in governance. And so, uh, for example, just just last Thursday at a board meeting I participated in, uh, we had a 10 Minutes for Governance segment led by a board member. And he actually used our book. He focused on lesson two, Ask the Gold Standard Question, which references uh, Dr. Henry Cloud's insights on pruning from his book, uh, Necessary Ending. So this board member divided the board into three groups, and we had just three minutes in our groups. And one topic per group, what should we stop doing? What should we start doing and what should we change? And it was stunning how much the three groups shared. Every board member was engaged and got to talk. Uh, We set a timer with a loud buzzer that went off at 10 minutes. And that's just one idea, invest 10 minutes for governance in every meeting. And there are more ideas in the book study guide. And I think board members uh, will uh, find these very, very practical and easily done in every board meeting. John, you were instrumental in the 40 blogs idea, uh, which has practical things like this and discusses some of the key takeaways that individuals got out of the book and out of individual chapters. Tell us a little bit about how that idea came about and the people that you were able to involve in that. Well, uh, Dan and I uh, are lifelong learners, and we both want to model being lifelong learners. Um, and we're blessed um, and so inspired by hundreds of amazing ministry leaders and board members over the years. So it seemed uh, to us it was only natural to invite 40 leaders to provide their color commentary on the 40 lessons in the book. And, of course, the biggest challenge was 
uh, picking the 40 men and women to be guest writers without alienating another 40 leaders who didn't get asked. Um, but uh, listeners can go to the blog, uh, which is at nonprofitboardroom.blogspot.com, and they'll find the index to all 40 blogs and the names of our guest bloggers, uh, some uh, phenomenal people. Uh, and then in addition, in updating the book for the second edition, uh, Dan added numerous insights and color commentaries from many of those guest bloggers. So the second edition of this book is, is even better. We, we actually borrowed the idea from a blog I hosted in 2015 when I invited 52 guest bloggers uh, to provide commentary on the book, A Year with Peter Drucker, 52 Weeks of Coaching for Leadership Effectiveness. So that was fun to do. So uh, it was so in, in, intriguing to see what each of these 40 guest bloggers would say uh, about each of the 40 lessons in this book. I think what I heard you just say is that you borrowed an idea from yourself. <laughs> Maybe I did. <laughs> I, I like that. You know that you've got a good idea when you come back later and you borrow it from yourself. So it certainly has proven to be a great idea and it's been very well received. Uh, I encourage people, again, that's nonprofitboardroom.blogspot.com. I think that they would enjoy just the additional insights and thoughts that are there. So, Dan, John mentioned the book is now in its second edition. What is your favorite response that you've received so far, or maybe your favorite story about how the book has made an impact to this point? Last week, a board chair took the book with her as she chaired her first board meeting of a ministry. She said they had some heavy-duty agenda items coming up, and she felt it was vital that they go around the board table asking each board member to read one sentence until the prayer is completed. And so what a blessing it was to learn that the book is being used in such a powerful and practical way. I can tell you I read an article today, Dan, that referenced the book and the prayer uh, right within the article. So that certainly is getting used a lot. Well, we know you both had so much fun on this project that you had content for the next book, which will be more lessons from the nonprofit boardroom. And maybe John will be able to use the 40 people that are next on the list that didn't make the initial 40 bloggers. But John, tell us what we can look forward to in this second volume. Well, here's just a, a few lessons to maybe uh, whet the appetite. Uh, there's a, a lesson on guarding the CEO's soul, which speaks to care and prevention, uh, so critical. Uh, there's one called eliminate fuzziness between board and staff, which is a question I get all the time. And it is simply how to use a one-page template called the prime responsibility chart. Another lesson is Keeping the boardroom afloat are too many staff causing the boardroom to capsize. Uh, do a head count around your last board meeting and see if the ratio is correct. And maybe my favorite, a brilliant concept from Dan. Whoops, there's another uh, clue that he wrote a, a lesson um, that I'd never heard of. And it's titled Caution, Understand the Governance Pendulum Principle. And Dan warns that boards have limited time to act when the pendulum oscillates in a positive direction. And Dan, you told me that recently you shared the yet-to-be-published lesson on big rocks, pebbles, and sand. 
and it seemed to be the perfect answer to a board member's question, right? Yes, uh, the board was struggling with how to stay out of the weeds, uh, stay stay away from minutiae, and I had taken a, a printout of that lesson uh, from one of our coming books uh, to the board retreat, and uh, I ended up uh, just pulling that out of my file and, and giving the individual the lesson, and uh, they were so happy because it was right on to the, to the question they were asking. Well, unfortunately, I'm going to have to start to wind down this discussion, but this has been such a privilege to visit with both of you. I hope the listeners have enjoyed this as much as I have. And Dan, as we wrap up, we know governance is specifically addressed in Standard 2 of the ECFA standards. In addition to this book, what are some other ECFA resources that you would encourage listeners to take advantage of that are related to board governance? Well, we've mentioned the uh, the coming book, More Lessons from the Nonprofit Boardroom, soon to be released. Um, and I also recommend... The Council, recently published by ECFA Press on board governance. It's written by Gary Hogue, Wes Wilmer, and Greg Henson. And the authors did a deep dive into the scriptures to see what the Bible says about governance. It is a book unlike any other. And watch for our announcement of 10 national governance forums unleashing the amazing potential of your board. We'll be coming to a location near you for these events that will be held late in 2019 during ECFA's 40th anniversary year. Well, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate both of you joining us, and we also appreciate each of the listeners and hope that lessons from the nonprofit boardroom will be a real blessing for ministries. Until next time, God bless you, and we look forward to being with you again soon on another Excellence in Ministry podcast.